0: Hey there, it's Ashley Stahl here, counterterrorism professional turned career and business coach, and I am here to help you make a U-turn in your life so that you can stop operating on cruise control and start living your life so much more on purpose. So join me here every single week on the U-turn podcast, where you're going to be hearing from inspiring, insightful guests, whether it's CEOs, spiritual leaders, experts on love, and of course, yours truly, so that you can become your best self without taking life so seriously and don't forget head on over to u-turn podcast.com y-o-u-t-u-r-n podcast.com for show notes and access to one of my free e-courses whether you want to land a new job you love get clarity on the best career path for you launch your dream business or deepen your romantic relationships all right enough about me let's get this party started with this week's guest All right, so on this week's conversation here on the U-Turn podcast, we are hosting one of my favorite people in the world, Benjamin Hardy, the number one writer on medium.com, literally the entire website, he threw it down, and the best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. I'm so excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about self-investing, how to really, really use your environment as a tool to change your life, and so much more. I can't wait to bring him on right now. Ben, welcome,
1: Ashley. I love you. I'm so glad to be here with you.
0: Love right back at you. Um, tell everyone a little bit about your journey because I know you're really an expert on confidence and an expert on how to go from a dreamer to a doer. And I know a lot of people listening are going to want more of that in their lives. Uh, so, how did what was your journey like to get there, or were you always this way with confidence straight out of the womb?
1: <laughs> no, I definitely wasn't. So, I'll, I guess before I even tell my story, I'll share two fundamental beliefs I have and um. They're like the opposite of what most Western people think. So most Western people believe that your psych, that your personality is something you're born with and that it's what kind of leads you to the life you have. Mm -hmm. Um, what my life has, you know, shown me and also what all my research in psychology has shown me is that it's not your personality that shapes your behavior. Uh, it's your behavior that shapes your personality. And so, like, you know, when you act a certain way, and we can go into this a little later, when you, when you change how you behave, you'll change how you see yourself. Mm. And so, and so obviously one big important thing is obviously to not have that fixed mindset. And, uh, we can talk later in this conversation about what are some of the most powerful behaviors you can do to, like, transform your identity to become the person you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing as it relates to confidence, and it's very similar, is that it's not confidence that leads to success. It's actually successful behavior that creates confidence. Um, and so that's very similar to the last one, you know, and so, um, mm. yeah, so that's like, those are two things we can dive into, but those are things that I've learned myself and yeah. they, re- they they relate very heavily to the people I study and the research that I study. Um, so I guess just quick background on myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in a super broken environment. My dad was a drug addict. He's had a recovery in the last several years and he's a great friend of mine now, but during high school, uh, it was really rough. And, um, you know, barely graduated from high school for the year following high school. Uh, I spent pretty much all of my time just playing world of Warcraft and drinking Mountain Dew, eating pizza. Like it was not good. Um,
0: Adaptive, but kind of and- sounds amazing for a
1: quick minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was okay for a hot, it was all right for a hot oh, minute. Oh, you know oh, what oh, I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I've learned a lot about addiction and I've learned a lot about trauma and, um, you know, I realize now looking back on myself that, you know i had gone through some traumatic experiences that i had suppressed and you know when you suppress negative emotions you kind of need an outlet whether that be drugs whether that be video games whether that you avoid reality because you want to avoid the pain and that's essentially what i was doing and uh, one of the things our good friend joe polish always says is that you're as sick as your secrets mm-hmm. and so I you, love know, that. I never you, you know you
0: never heard joe say that that's amazing <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Joe runs the Genius Network, which is an amazing mastermind group of entrepreneurs making seven figures or more. I believe it's seven figures, right, Ben? Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. definitely. Joe's amazing. Okay, go ahead. So, you know, I'm looking back on my life now and realizing I'd gone through a lot of trauma and that I was kind of just coping with that, Um, you know, addiction of any sort, whether it's video games, drugs, alcohol, you know, whatever it is, it's just... It's to, it's to alleviate the pain. Mm. Well, so I was very just stuck in life, um, had, had a rough kind of go after my parents had divorced, didn't have any stability, and then uh, a year after high school, decided to serve a humanitarian mission. Uh, it was like I just kind of needed to get out. Mm. Um, I decided that I was not liking the life that I was creating. I was becoming a product of an environment I didn't love, mm. and so I decided I needed, in order to transform myself, I needed to change my life. I needed mm. to go change my environment. I needed to change my role. I needed to kind of change who I was and what I was doing. And what's amazing is, is when I left and served this mission, it was like a, it was like a light switch it was not a gradual change. Like I literally was in a new role and I could be whoever I wanted to be. And it was like, I went from basically being like doing nothing all day to immediately being the most productive person in my mission. Mm. Um, and then I just spent, you know, a few years doing that, reading lots of books and self-improvement, spirituality, psychology, philosophy, all that stuff, um, filled out tons of journals, spent a lot of time just serving in communities and stuff like that. And then uh, came home a totally different person wow. and was really shocked at, and so I left at 20, came back at 22 and kind of noticed that everything back home was pretty much the same. And that mm-hmm. if I stayed and if I had, and if I stayed in that environment, if I stayed with those people that my mindset would quickly divert and I would, re, I would revert um, and like devolve back into the person I was before. And so I didn't want to become a product of that environment again. And so I, decided to kind of create my own path. And then um, and since then, I've just been studying psychology, self-improvement, um, kind of gone throughout, you know, I've almost finished my PhD and I've been studying the whole time the difference between real entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs. Like what's the psychological difference? How do you go from wannabe to like actually doing something? That's I mean, kind of the whole dream, dreamer versus doer thing.
0: Yeah. What would you say? I mean, I know that there's a lot to this, but if you could simplify it initially, what would you say is the ultimate crux of the difference between a dreamer and a doer?
1: I could definitely do that for you. So like basically, uh, there's a lot of cool research behind it. Um, but at the end of the day, the real difference is that people who become doers, whether that's like a professional writer, whether that's a successful entrepreneur, whether the people who ultimately go on to actually doing something are the people who start investing money into it, like mm. that really is it. Like once someone starts investing money into their goals or into their dreams, they become committed. And once you, once you become invested and committed, you start to transform your identity. You, be, you go from wanting to do something to seeing yourself as that thing. Got it. And and there's a lot of like psychological reasons why. One of them is subconsciously, there's a really good book. It's something I recommend anyone. It's from Dr. David Hawkins. He wrote um, Power versus Force, mm-hmm. and he also wrote a book called Letting Go. And mm-hmm. in his book Letting Go, which honestly is the best self improvement book I've ever read, and no I've way. read it really is. And I've probably read over a thousand. <laughs> um, letting Go is so powerful. But one of the things he says is that the unconscious will allow you to have only what you believe you deserve. Well, for
0: those of of us who don't know what unconscious or subconscious is, could you explain it briefly?
1: I'll explain it very simply. Basically, you have conscious mind, which is what you're focused on. It's like, you know, like right now, if you're listening to me, you're using your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And your subconscious mind controls everything else. Like right now, you're breathing. You didn't control that. You know what I mean? Like your subconscious is handling that. It's handling... Pretty much everything. Your subconscious is where all your belief systems are, your values. Like, your subconscious controls like 95 or more percent of your behavior. And it's just like, think about it. When you get in a car and you're driving and you're like, you could be driving for like 20 minutes and not even know you're driving because you're on the phone and you're texting and stuff like that. Your subconscious is taking care of all of that. Like, I mean, think about even all of the little things that your body has to do to walk through a room, like the mechanics of moving your body and stuff like that, like while you're talking on the phone or staring at something like the subconscious is basically what controls almost everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so your conscious is only focused on like a very small amount of things at once. And so the whole, the whole idea is this, you know, you, you get in life what you subconsciously believe you deserve. And it's very hard for people to change their subconscious beliefs. Um, like your subconscious beliefs, like, I I mean, so there's, there's a lot of people like, let's just say Napoleon Hill, for example, he wrote the book, think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. He said that what is impressed upon the subconscious mind is expressed in the real world. Yes. And so a lot of self-improvement and even, you know, a lot of therapy, the focus of it is to get deep into the subconscious and, and kind of reshape those beliefs and values and things like that so that then you can kind of live at a higher level in the real world. Well, so what happens when you start investing money in yourself is that you change your subconscious belief system. Like Mm -hmm. you all of a sudden say like, so like going back to the quote, you know, your life, your, your unconscious will allow you to only have what you believe you deserve. And so when you start investing money into your goals, like, and think about what you and I have done, like you and Mm -hmm. I have started investing lots of money in our Mm -hmm. relationships, in our network. And like what that does is it totally transforms your sense of what you can be, do and have. And mm-hmm. so like then all of a sudden you you realize that you can do it and um you become super committed to it and you start seeing yourself as that thing. So that's like the ultimate difference. And that's something that I always tell people. It's like if you really, really want to do something, you have to start p- putting money towards it. And starting to invest in not only your skills and abilities, but in your relationships and in, like, your network. Like, once you start doing those things, you will become what you want to be.
0: Yes, yes. Isn't it interesting that, you know, it's not just about the money. It's funny. I, when I hired my first coach, I remember she said something to me that stuck with me. I told her I couldn't afford it. And she looked at me with such certainty in her face and she said, the reason why you can't afford this is the reason why you should do it. (laughs) <laughs> and I just was like, and I sold my car to pay ten thousand dollars for her to coach me and help me start my business. And it's interesting to have that rite of passage, right? Because then you know, for me as a coach, I have empathy for the for those clients who are doing the same. But you 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 actually talked about so many amazing things here. And I wanted to just point out for anybody listening that. If you want to know how your subconscious mind works or what it looks like or what your beliefs are, just take a look at your results in the world right now. Is it good news? Like, right? I mean, would you have another way of stating that, Ben?
1: No, not really. I mean, your subconscious and your environment are very similar. Yeah. You know, when you when you change your environment, then, then you you know, you subconsciously act differently. And so, yeah, a person's environment and their external world is kind of a reflection of what's going on on the inside.
0: Yeah, I love that. And um, another question or another thought that I just had when you were talking was in my master's in psychology, I remember them talking about this concept of incomplete cycles of action. And they were saying to me as a coach, if I wanted to facilitate somebody to be more empowered, I just needed to ask them, what incomplete actions do you have in your home? Is it a stack of books on your nightstand? Is it, you know, a stack of bills you haven't paid? Because what happens is by having those, they drain your energy and by completing them and keeping commitments to yourself, you build your confidence, which in a sense is what I'm hearing you say. is like, you know, by honoring commitments to yourself, you're up-leveling your confidence. Would you have any other ways to kind of look at it or explain it of what someone who is listening now is maybe thinking, oh man, like I want more confidence. I'm not going after that job, that race. Yes, you would say to change their environment, but what else would you suggest? Invest in yourself, change your environment. What else?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah. So like, um, you know, Cal Newport, he wrote a book called so good. They can't ignore you. Yes. And it's such an awesome book. And basically what he says in that book is that most people believe that they have like some innate passion that they should first, that they should discover and then follow. And then, and he said that that's like such a terrible approach to life. And it, and the reason it's so terrible is most often, I mean, for the reason is, is because most people don't know what their passion is. And, and this whole approach is focused on, You know, what can the world give to me? Mm -hmm. He said, instead of focusing on your passion is what you should do is you should become a craftsman where you develop rare and valuable skills. Mm -hmm. So basically he said, when you focus, when you, when you, when you develop rare and valuable skills and you do it from the craftsman perspective, you're not worried about what the world can give to you. You're actually worried about what you can give to the world. And so he said, once you develop rare skills and abilities, basically, once you develop competence in something and you get good at it, then you become confident. And once you become confident, then you become passionate. Um And so, I mean, kind of going back to what I initially said, um, you know, you're, you're it's not your confidence that leads to success. It's successful behavior that creates confidence, and that's exactly what Cal Newport said. And so, like, how do you create confidence? Well, you get good at something, you know, which often requires investing a lot of time and energy and even money into that thing. And uh, once you become invested, you become committed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they have a very, very bad relationship with commitment. It's exactly what you're saying with incomplete behavior cycles. Like, most people, they'll tell themselves they're going to do something. Like, I'm going to wake up at 6 tomorrow and I'm going to go to the gym. And then they push the snooze button. Yes, and, like, you know, there's, you know, how I define confidence is basically just self trust. It's like yeah. if you trust yourself, then you're confident that you can do something. If you don't have self trust, then you don't, you can't have confidence. Confidence and dopamine are two very different things. Like people seek short term dopamine highs, but confidence like has to be earned. Um, yes,
0: literally. I just want to listen to you all day, Ben. It's so funny because I always talk to you as a friend and I forget, like you're such a genius. Yeah. But I will say um, a couple things. Number one, just a practical example for those of you listening, skiing. I had a skiing meltdown five years ago because ever since I was a kid, my uncles were very good skiers. And they would, and ever since I was a little kid, I've been skiing. But I never really loved it because I wasn't very good at it. And I want to ask you about this concept, Ben. I wasn't very good at skiing. I was, you know, I I would make my way down, didn't feel like I had tons of control, but I looked okay, I looked like I knew what I was doing. And one time I fell and I just threw my poles and was like, no more skiing for me! And my parents still make fun of me for it. And lo and behold, the other day, um, somebody I know said, I really wanna go skiing with you. And I was like, man, I really don't like skiing. And then I went with him and realized, do I not like skiing? Or is it that I'm just not great at skiing? Is it that I'm not invested in skiing? And so I'm curious, Ben, on your feedback on like, how do we decide when we don't like something versus when we, we're we not good at it and we just need to invest in it? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So it's like basically deciding what you should invest in to yeah. become good at. Is that what you're talking about? How do you decide that?
0: Yeah. Like, for example, my friend, he's very much like skiing is so important to me. I go six times a year. I would love for you to come. The whole time I'm asking myself as I'm going down the mountain, do I hate skiing or do I just need a few lessons to get good at it and invest in it? And then suddenly I'm going to like it. So how do people figure out their intuition, you know, listen to their instinct on actually, this is just feedback. I'm not good at it. And I don't want to invest in it. Or this is, you know, this thing that I'm not great at, I probably would like it. I just haven't invested in it and built the confidence around it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, so, I mean, your question really is like how does a person decide what they want to, what they want to spend their time on? (laughs) Yeah. And and, I mean, and so I think that that is like so, you know, personal. I mean, so, so like a lot of it's social and a lot of it's based on your priorities and your values. Like Mm -hmm. for me, for example, why did I decide to become a writer? Um, uh, so there's an idea in psychology, it's called self signaling. And it's, it basically means that, you know, who you are, basically how you view yourself is based on your behavior. It's not based on like, we, we judge ourselves very similarly to how we judge other people. Mm -hmm. Um, which means that you know, when you change your behavior patterns, you change how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar to the idea that your your behavior shapes your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when it comes to like deciding, like for you, for example, do I want, do you want to become a skier? Could you become good at skiing and could you grow to love it? That's uh,
0: the question. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I do think you could grow to. I do think you could become good at it, especially if you invested time, money, and energy into it. I think the thing that stops people from from getting good at something is they have to shift their desires. Like, um, so I don't know if you actually desire becoming good at skiing. You could be, you could desire it if like there was a reason to, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't know if you could come up with a compelling enough reason to want to get good at skiing. Um, if you could, if you could come up with a compelling enough reason to want to get good at skiing, like, let's just say. You know, My friends all dating, go,
0: and they're always. Yeah, asking, your friends all go. And a like, guy that wants to go skiing.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, if you yeah. can come up with a compelling enough reason to want to, that's the thing that stops people. Mm. Do people have the capacity to become good at skiing? Most people do. Like, mm-hmm. are there rare instances? Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. But like
1: most people in Western, like in the Western world, like they believe in what I would call a fixed, tri- like fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Like they believe that their personality is like this fixed thing and that like their personality is like their destiny. It's kind of like that people believe their DNA is their destiny. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of what a lot of the science is showing is first off, your personality is fluid. It's not fixed. So your personality yes. can change, but and also your biology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your biology, like there's this whole new field of epigenetics and neuroscience showing that like also your genetics or your biology is, is not fixed. Like it can be transformed. You know, there's, there's a lot of fluid check out. If you want to learn a lot more on that, check up uh, epigenetics and specifically Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, but, um, kind of just answering your question. I think when it comes to desires and obviously your desires are something you can train you can you can train yourself to want to be healthy for example mm-hmm. you can train yourself to want to be successful you can train yourself to want to be a skier uh, i just think that you know when it comes to you for example in this specific uh example i think that you have to have a compelling enough reason or you have to have or it has to really resonate with your value system so mm-hmm. kind of going back to myself like I, I choose the things that I invest myself in very specifically. Yes, like, you do. I, I may like I may not be a good parent and I know I'm not actually. But that's That not, is not know, true, like, <laughs> Ben. No, I I'm just gonna tell you, like I'm Enough. working on it. Yeah, no, like, but it, it's, it's a
0: work in progress.
1: Yeah, but like for me it you know, so Jim Collins said in the book Good Good to Great, basically he said if you have more than three priorities, you have none you can yes. have a lot more than three values. You can have a lot of values, but you, you know, if you have a ton of priorities, then you don't really have any clarity on what you want. Yes. And so like I'm, you know, I think one of the f- most powerful things you should do before you decide what you want to get good at, what you want to invest in, who you want to become is, is deciding what your values are because, yes. you know, so for me, it's like, a couple, like several years ago, I was transformed by reading and through having these transformational experiences when I was on my mission. And so I decided, you know, what, what, what is worth my short amount of time on this planet to invest myself in? I could become a banker. I could become an artist. I mean, I could become a million things. And I just decided based on my, the experiences I had, based on the values I had, that the investment that I personally wanted to make was to get really, really good at communicating, teaching, and writing. And so like, that was the future I decided I wanted to create for myself. And then I started investing big in those areas. And 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 then ultimately when you invest in yourself, you develop rare and valuable skills. You become really good at it. You become confident. You, you know, you, your identity becomes formed around it and then it becomes your passion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I I think a lot of it just has to do with like, what do you think matters most about this, you know, you know, this life? And what, how do you think you should spend your time? What would be the biggest contribution you could make? for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it's like going big on that. And I think, uh, you know, Greg McEwen in his book, essentialism talks a lot about that.
0: That's an amazing answer. And, you know, when you're talking about investing in you and, and, um, also just having a big, why? So to summarize, if somebody wants to go from a dreamer to doer, so far, so far you've talked about being really willing to invest in yourself, being in alignment with your values, um, completing actions that you say you're going to do, what else would you say? I mean,
1: I I would love to keep it as simple as possible. Yes,
0: yes, yes.
1: Um, I think that there's a few core practices. I mean, everything you've said is important. Actually doing what you're gonna say you're gonna do. I mean that's how you develop confidence. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Yes. Because why super... why
0: would you trust why would you want anybody else to trust you if you can't trust you? Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you really can't trust you know, you can't if you can't trust yourself, I actually think you probably potentially can trust others, but like other people will not be able to trust you. Yes. Um so, I mean, I think that the most simple, most powerful ways to kind of, you know, become the person you want to be, number one, as as I've said, invest in yourself, invest continually, uh, invest in your relationships, be a giver, not a taker. So like, um, and
0: when yeah, you I mean, say invest, do you mean just money or is there other ways to invest?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to invest your time and your yeah. attention and your focus, but ultimately, uh, when you invest actual dollars into yourself then those emotions come so like once you become you know once you become financially invested in something then you become emotionally tied to it mm-hmm. um and so i think that the the emotions that you're looking for often come especially if you're clear on the investment like so what happens for me you know and it goes back to that stephen hawkins quote about your unconscious. You know your your life you know your unconscious will only allow you to have what you believe you deserve, so when I invest in myself like let's just say to join genius network or I invest in a in a specific mentor mentor you know to become good at something, it upgrades my sense of what I can do in that area. that's how my confidence grows mm-hmm. um and so I think a lot of you know if you're clear on what you want, if if you want you know to develop that rock solid confidence, I think a lot of it literally does come from investing money. And like for me, it started so small. Like I started writing online in 2015, and like the first big quote unquote investment I made, because in 2015 I was a you know a PhD student, which I still am, but I was at the beginning of my PhD program. And I was making twelve thousand dollars a year. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how much PhD students make. You make less. Like, you make like a thousand bucks a month, and they pay for your tuition.
0: Making it rain like little rain. I was.
1: Like yeah, I was <laughs> so I was making twelve thousand dollars a year, and kind of like the big investment at the time was like, you know, I had to convince my wife that we needed to spend eight hundred dollars on the domain name BenjaminHardy.com. You mm-hmm. know, and like. You know, and her question was like, "Okay, like we don't have really any money. You're a graduate student. Like, is this is this for real, or is this just a phase? You know what I mean?" Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And And the truth, yeah, go ahead. Oh no,
0: go ahead. I want to keep hearing.
1: Well, and, and the truth is, is it would have been a phase had I not made that investment. But I made the investment, which then made me more more invest. I mean, made me more committed. And then, um, then I took an online course, which was a hundred and like a hundred and ninety bucks. And that taught me how to write viral headlines. And that taught me how to pitch myself. So I invested money and then I developed skills and abilities. And then, um, one other really key investment that I made. And it was so like Jeff Goins, he's a writer online. He's someone who I like read his blog posts and stuff. And he, he's someone I wanted to learn from. And he was doing a launch. And, and the launch was for his book, uh, like, The Art of Work back in, like, 2015. And basically one of the th- offers that he was making on his launch was if someone bought 20 copies of his book, he would have a 30-minute phone call with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, 20 copies of the book was, like, 200. 200- 250 bucks or something i'm like is it worth 250 bucks to have a phone call with this guy and like i decided it was because i wanted direct access i wanted direct exposure to like people who were where i wanted to be and so like these are just little milestones but what they are is they're peak they're they become peak memories and like and like there's a really really good book that recently came out it's called uh the power of moments by chip and dan heath and it's all about how it's all about how people need pe- to have peak experiences, which then transform their identity and their trajectory in life. And most people, they have, most of people's peak experiences happen in their teens and in their 20s. And then they stop having them in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And so most people's personalities get stuck, like, after their 20s. Um, not because peak experiences can't happen, but because they don't create them. Mm. And so basically what I'm describing is, like seeking those peak moments which then become turning points um and that's basically how you go from dreamer to doer is you have these peak experiences that shift your identity and, and then you like they put you on a new trajectory
0: amazing and it also kind of reminds me of what we were talking about before we started the podcast which is just this concept of waking up in the morning and saying how can i create more opportunity for myself how can i uh, keep things interesting. And I've always loved my career because I've always tried to keep myself interested in it. I think it's a relationship with yourself that you create. Um, a question that I have for you, though, kind of going back, you talked about identity and then that gives you confidence, right? Uh, like up-leveling your identity in some way or doing something that you commit to. But another thing I'm thinking, Ben, is that doesn't, isn't that kind of quicksand as well, where if you identify too much with something on the outside – you know, like, aren't you kind of like, I'm not my career. And if I identify with my career, when I lose a ton of money, I'm going to be a shell of a person. And when I'm winning a bunch of money, I'm going to be so excited. Do you know what I mean? If I identify with my career. So I try not to identify with my success or loss. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, totally. I, I love this question. I think it's a really important distinction that you're making. So when I say like upgrade your subconscious, or when I say like, you can like transform your identity, I'm not, I'm not like. Overly tying it to a specific thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's nice when you go from quote unquote, like wanting to be an entrepreneur to like saying, I am an entrepreneur. Like that's powerful. Um, but ultimately what I'm really, really talking about is, is so most people, they place their security on things which are external, like, like their security is in like a paycheck or their security is in like having a a nice house outside. I mean, like a nice house, like their security is in things which are outside of them. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that your security needs to become internal. So like yes. that's confidence. You know what I mean? So like when you and like so a lot of people, they confuse the outside world with what's inside. And like I think that it's it's really important to leverage your environment because I think that we become the products of our environment. So like what I'm talking about is when you invest in like a network, like let's just say genius network, you first off you you make that investments, you know, financially, which can upgrade your subconscious and your, you know, it can upgrade your psychology, but it also puts you in a new environment, which then allows you to like be around new peers. And like, you know, so the environment's really powerful, but ultimately if, if you're not creating more and more internal security as you do this, if you're, if, if your faith in like your trust is not within yourself, but only with what's outside of you, then you, then you, then it is quicksand. Then you can very quickly, um, kind of get lost if, if, if the results aren't there. So, I mean, at the most pure level, although the, this is about transforming not only your environment, you know, and upgrading what you can do, but at the same time, the goal is, you know, and I think if it's done right, every time you do this, you're developing more and more trust in yourself, which is confidence. And so ultimately, even if it all falls apart, like, even if, you know, you don't achieve that goal, or even if like, you, you you go for this big risky business, you know, because you've got this trust in yourself, and it falls apart. If you have internal security, then you'll you'll be willing to get up and go for it again, or 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 pivot or try something new. And it's you know that's I think I think that's a huge part of it is just trusting that it's all going to work out, you know, yes. I think that that can happen. And so I, I love the distinction. I think it's a key distinction you're making there.
0: Yeah, well, because I was listening to you, you were talking about, okay, you you build your identity, you do something outside of your comfort zone, you invest in yourself, you take some sort of action as a doer, but then it, it gets really tricky, right? Because next thing we know... We don't want everyone to be identifying with what they create in the world because they're so much bigger than what they create. And for me, it's taken all 30 years of my time on this planet. I really feel like I just got here now. Um, And my business has been such a vehicle for me to get there, which is to a place where if I lose a lot, I still am good. If I win a lot, I'm still the same person. Whereas in the past, if I was winning really well in my career in some way, I would think I was better because of it. And I don't think that anymore. At this point, it's just kind of like, happiness is available to me regardless of what's happening in my bank account and my job anything um so how how do you think people can get to that place
1: yeah i mean i think that that's uh, an awesome question i think that like for me at the core level i think a lot of that has to do with my like most fundamental spiritual beliefs um i mean everything i'm talking about you know whether it be um like seeking big goals or whether it be investing in yourself, all of that ultimately for me is a means to an end. It's all about personal development. It's also, it's all about who I become and who I am and about how I'm living, you know, how I'm giving, how I'm serving. Like for me, although I'm talking about external goals and I'm even talking about financial goals for me, it's all a vehicle. I mean, for me, uh, you know, at the fundamental level, this life is all about growth and it's about growth and giving. And that's one thing that, um, Dan Sullivan, who owns strategic coach always talks about, like he says, he, he can very quickly discern if someone's focused on growth or greed, you know, and, and whether it's a giver or a taker. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that for me, you know, that piece comes from living in alignment with your value system and about who you, you know, what you, what you believe at the fundamental level. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also think that that piece in a lot of ways does come through growth, like, um, it, it sometimes may not feel peaceful in the moment because there's a lot of negative, you know, that you have to go through a lot of negative emotions, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people suppress kind of going back to the whole idea of trauma and like, of, you know, you're as sick as your secrets. It's like, no, when you're going through growth, that requires kind of purging out a lot of the, a lot of either the pain or the small mindedness and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of, it's a, an awesome and complicated question, but I think for me, my answer is live in alignment with my values and, and, and never stop growing and giving like that's, Mm -hmm. that's to me how I do it. And, uh, ultimately what's going on on the outside doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you can have quote unquote, this epic upgraded subconscious and, you know, and things can fall apart, but if you have that, you know, you're not going to get stuck there. You're not going to let it define you. You're not, and I think you can. I think you're willing to get up. You're willing to exercise more faith or more trust, and you're willing to keep going. So,
0: um,
1: I don't good. know. I mean, it might not be not be a very good answer, but that's no, that's how I see
0: it. All your answers have been pretty good. I'm actually taking notes, but I'm I'm curious to ask you also, which I think is a really an important question that a lot of people might be in the situation is, how do you pick yourself up off the ground? So, let's say somebody lost their job they, their marriage ended, they feel really stuck. Uh, I know we talked about building confidence, but I'm curious about taking action. Like, you know, there's so many things we can, so many actions we can take to build confidence, but how can we even get to that place where we want to take action? And I know your book is called willpower doesn't work. So we both know willpower doesn't work. So tell me.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, willpower is a very short-term, like a short-term fix. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's never sustainable. Um, But, uh, you know, how does someone pick themselves up off the ground if they've, like, hit ground bottom or if, like, you know, they've had some super blunder, like, let's just say a divorce or something like that? I mean, I think all of us go through big failures where we question ourselves. I mean, I myself am in a situation where – you know, I'm experiencing plenty of failure in my life right now. I mean, it may seem like everything seems good, but no, I mean, the truth is, is like, you know, my situation in my PhD program is not all peachy. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's. And so even though I'm having big wins, I'm also having big losses. And sometimes yeah. those big losses are, you know, very painful. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, well, this brings me to
0: two questions. Is yeah. like, How do you <laughs> pick yourself off the ground and also, How do you not even let it it get you there? Do you know what I mean? Like some people don't even get to that place where they're on the ground over their job being lost or that layoff. But if they do get there, how do they bounce back?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's quote unquote rock bottom is different. My goal is to, you know, I mean, that's a lot of, you know, your second question is for me a lot about creating the environment. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, you know, so I I love this quote and it's that decisions determine destiny. But like. So for me, like I, I've created an environment around me that kind of in a lot of ways stops me from hitting that rock bottom. Like I married someone for very specific reasons. Like she, she has traits and characteristics that I simply don't have. And she, she holds me to a much higher standard than I would ever hold myself. So like, although like sometimes I fail, like my environment keeps me going. Like, you know, like I have three kids who rely on me. Like, do I have bad days? Absolutely, but like for the most part, because I have such a high like level of responsibility that's required of me, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to be an idiot for like a week straight because like I'm staring at my kids and I know that like they rely on me. So like mm-hmm. that's kind of a big part of creating an environment that just pushes you forward. Like either your environment, either your environment is pushing against you or it's pulling you forward. Like mm-hmm. every environment is going in a direction, every environment has like a belief system about it. Every environment, like, leads to certain behaviors. Like mm-hmm. on an airplane, you're not going to smoke cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like around certain people, you're going to act different than others. And so I think, you know, how do you avoid, you know, making like the hugest blunders is, is you, you know, you make decisions, you know, that safeguard you from that. Like, mm. but, but, but even when you, even when you're in that situation, you might have some epic failures. Like, I mean, I've, for example invested so much of myself and so much of my, um, my money and my time into becoming a successful writer. And, um, like, let's just say it all falls apart. Like, let's just, let's just say, you know, my, you know, my upcoming book launch doesn't succeed. And like, I don't end up getting a next book deal because something happens and people just don't want to, you know,
2: don't want to
0: read your stuff. Yeah, like About 300,000 people through medium.com definitely yeah, disagree, yeah. but I carry mean, on. let's, just,
1: let's <laughs> just say that this, let's just say that this book launches a huge flop. Yeah. And like my next book deal, literally, I can't, I can't, I can't support my family through being a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would be okay with that because my, my more fundamental values are based on, like, who I am and what my family is. I would pivot, and I would do whatever I need to do. Um, It reminds me of, like, this quote that when the why is strong enough, you'll figure out how. Yes. And, like, and so, like, for me, my why is very, you know, it's very clear. And so, like, if the pathway is not always clear, but the why is, and like, there's another quote that's very similar. And it's this idea that it's, it's not, it's not supply that creates demand. It's demand that creates supply, you know? So it's like, if you have a lot of internal demand, if you have a very powerful, why the supply will just make itself happen. It's really like the quote, when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Yes. And so like, I mean, all of this is very like high level spiritual stuff, but, um, when a person has hit rock bottom, I mean the only way out the only way to confidence in my opinion is to begin behaving successfully like and so like it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter how bad you failed like if you start taking even one step in a you know va- you know like in an aligned direction just one step then that one step will give you a little more self-trust and a little more confidence than you had before you know, and if you, if you just take, if you just keep taking steps, then, then all of a sudden you'll start to, you know, you'll start to like go up, you know, and so I, I just think it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're at the top or the bottom, your behavior and your consistent behavior are going to influence, you know, how you feel on the inside.
0: Mm, love that. So it's
1: like, it doesn't matter if you've failed big, like, it doesn't matter if everything has fallen apart. Ultimately, you've got to start behaving in a way that you're aligned with. And once you do that, things will start to look up.
0: Mm, I love it. And it's so true. You know, this is different, Ben. I usually don't hear people because I think in personal development, often they say it's not about the environment. It's about you. You know, it's like Rumi's quote, the real journey of discovery is not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And I think that it's a combination of both, obviously. If you put yourself in the best environment ever, but you're still committed to being bummed out and unhappy or out of action, it's it's on you still. Um, what would you say is a wonderful way for people to start building a better relationship with themselves? Hmm. And I know we talked about confidence, which is, you know, such a great channel for that, but is there anything else they can do or any other vehicles that you found are effective?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, really powerful tool for developing a relationship with yourself is, um, definitely for me, the, the most helpful thing has been, well, two things. One is really like helping other people. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that one thing, if you, if you can be a giver in life, like that's one thing that I've found is helping other people along their journey, Mm -hmm. um, that like moves you for, and so I, I find that it's very hard to like have a low self image when I'm focused on other people Um, mm-hmm. when I'm worried about helping other people. And like, that's very hard. Like, so like when I, when I like genuinely like put my phone down, leave my phone away from my body and I just give my attention to my kids, like or just give my attention to my wife or even just to anyone. Like, that is super helpful. As far as like a very simple tactical tool, like really, I think a big one is writing in the journal. You know, for me, I write in my journal every single morning. I write about the things I'm struggling with. I write about the things I'm trying to achieve. I give myself affirmations. Um, you know, I I think about like the purpose of life. Like for me, writing in my journal, you know, And I blend that, you know, first thing in the morning with like prayer and meditation that that's very helpful for me. Like if I if I'm having a really rough day or if I'm just like very down and sometimes I do have big downs like ups and downs all the time Um, when I'm deep in the downs, uh, you know, if I if I give myself some space and again for me, it it, it in a lot of ways has to do with environment. Like in a lot of times I have to give myself a little space, get my car, drive away, you know, give, you know, just drive away from my house and then pull out my journal and think about it, you know, and if I write in my journal for 15, 20 minutes, uh, I start to get clarity, you know, Mm. and I can reconnect with myself. And that, that's been very helpful for me. And I do that on a regular basis.
0: Amazing. And, um, you know, I guess the question really comes down to the listener is, you know, what, what environment do you feel like you thrive in? Do you need to change your environment? How is your environment affecting now affecting you now? And per Ben's point, just right now, You know, what can you do to feel more connected to yourself? And I was noticing as you were talking, Ben, that I was like, you know what? I've been reading lately to connect with myself. It's felt like such a little gift to give myself is if there's any area of my life that I've been feeling like, you know what? I could be doing better for myself in this area. I've just bought a book about it and gone on Amazon and found the best reviewed book on it. So I I, I like what you're saying. It's true. It is personal. Um, Well, Ben, tell me about your book, because I know a lot of people are going to need the support that you're offering that book. So what what can people expect from reading Willpower Doesn't Work?
1: Totally. I mean, I've been talking about concepts from Willpower Doesn't Work throughout this whole conversation. Um, I mean, basically what you're saying, and you really hit the nail on the head, most of what self-improvement is talking about is like, you know, improving yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all about yourself, your mindset, how to set better goals and stuff like that. And what most Western people don't realize or what they take for granted is how much the external environment uh influences not only our thoughts and our emotions and our behaviors, but also, you know, not our biology and our identity. And so what this book is all about is yes, the internal world is extremely important. I mean, we've been talking about self-trust. We've been talking about confidence. We've been talking about, you know, faith and all these things. Um, But for me, you know, I also think that the, the environment is very powerful. Yeah. And so, and willpower is such a popular topic right now because most people are thinking only about themselves and they're not thinking about their environment. And like, willpower can only exist if you're either internally conflicted or if there's an external conflict. Like, so if you don't know what you want and you're just not sure, you're kind of on the fence, then you're going to deal with willpower. It's like, should I eat the cookie or should I not? Um, or it's when you know what you want but your environment is pushing up against you, then Mm -hmm. you have to exert willpower. So like what my book is all about is how to create an environment that makes success happen, you Mm -hmm. know? And like when you change the environment, you change the inside as well. And so for me, it's about putting self-improvement, like to make it like real. Like it's not just about what's going on inside of you. It's like, you have to change the outside world as well, which is where it gets hard. Like, you know, are you willing to have hard conversations? Are you willing? Like when you change, when you really want to change your life, you have to change your environment because you and you and your environment are two parts of the same whole. Mm -hmm. And like the hard part about that is when you, when you really decide you want to do something like, you're like, I really want to go for this thing. Not only do you have to change your own environment, but you have to disrupt other people's environments because other people, you know, you've built this whole life around like this version of yourself. And if you want to like change that version, then it's going to change your relationships with other people. And I think that's what keeps people stuck is that they, they don't want to, you know, deal. They don't want to, they don't want to put their relationship to jeopardy. They don't really ultimately want to change what's going on outside of them. And so they stay stuck and then they live with this internal conflict and that's kind of the willpower approach. It's nasty. And so my whole book is, you know, it's very focused on nurture over nature, and there's a lot of science that goes through it. It's all about, you know, that your your identity and your personality are not fixed, but they're fluid. They can be changed, and that um, that what, what are the certain behaviors and situations that will allow you to become who you want to be? I mean, it's ultimately a very practical, uh, you know, tactical book, but the goal is to kind of change people's perspectives because I think a lot of people – like i have so many people who i love for example who i know are completely genuine about their desires to transform their life or to become or to just achieve certain goals and it rarely happens for them like a lot of people get stuck and i think the reason is is because they're putting all the pressure on themselves they think that if they just would improve their mindset or if they would you know like they just try to do these things and it's like they're relying so much on willpower and they're putting all this pressure on themselves and it, it just doesn't work. You can't overcome an addiction through willpower. You can't change your life through willpower. You can't do any of that. It's it's so self-defeating. And so I wanted to write a book that was like, no, this is how it really works. Is it hard? Absolutely. But this is, the, this is how you actually change your life and change yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a lot of ways, you have to do it from the outside in. You know, that's what we've been talking about this whole time is mm-hmm. like making investments, making decisions, you know. Um putting yourself in environments. We're making powerful behaviors which then allow your inner state to be where you want it to be.
0: Amazing. And I want to ask a couple questions that I ask everyone who's come on is what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um
1: probably I'll just say I don't really know, but I'll just say do what is right, let the consequence follow.
0: Amazing. So true. Okay. And As far as all the, I've asked you a lot of questions. What is one fear that you're still working with that you've not yet quite been able to overcome and and what are you doing to work with it?
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I mean, there's probably so many, uh, I mean, I, I think that one of the things that personally challenges me is, is specifically asking certain individuals to help me, um, You know, because obviously it's good to be a giver, but it's also good to be a receiver. Yes. And uh, you know, I mean, there's so many things that I want to venture off and do. Like I've been writing for a long time, and now I want to jump into the Facebook uh, video world and do video. And like, you know, I've done a few videos, but obviously there's a little more fear and you Mm -hmm. know, sticking your face there. But I think a lot of it's just learning how to comfortably ask for help um, and ask, and you know, and so that's I think that's one thing that I'm working
0: on. Amazing. Thank you so much for your honesty. And final question, is there a question throughout this that I should be asking you perhaps that I haven't thought to ask you?
1: Uh, I can't think of one personally. I thought you've asked some fantastic
0: questions. You know, Ben, we've hung out quite a bit. I try not to leave any stones on church. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. It has been so wonderful hearing your genius. Where can people find out about you?
1: Uh, You know, if you just... Go to benjaminhardy.com. You can scope out my, you know, my website, my articles and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, what I would, you know, challenge you to do is buy Willpower Doesn't Work. And if you buy Willpower Doesn't Work, um, and I'll give Ashley a link, uh, and you put in, let's just say if you buy a copy on Amazon, uh, there's a page that you can kind of put your Amazon, uh, receipt number in and then uh it'll automatically send you two free online courses that I've made there's several hours of like deeper dive content into some of the stuff we've talked about so that would be all free so I guess my challenge is just buy willpower doesn't work uh, at whatever you know at the link that is associated on this page
0: thank you so much Ben whoop whoop I'll be getting my course and I'll be getting my books <laughs> it's yeah, so sure. so good to talk to you thank you for being on
1: you're amazing Ashley love you, you. talk to you too. soon love you too
0: Hey there, this is Ashley again, and I am just reflecting on this episode with Ben Hardy, who is not just a good friend, but a huge inspiration to me. I have my copy of his book, Willpower Doesn't Work, and I'm so enjoying reading every single page. And one of the biggest shifts that I had in my mind as we were going through this episode with him and in this conversation was that you know coming from the spiritual community coming from personal development what i continually hear is that you create your reality but what i was hearing from ben and that might be true that we do create our reality but what i was hearing from ben is that in a lot of ways your your environment creates you And you might be living in an environment that isn't serving you. And one of the quickest keys you can use to tap into a better life and a better self is to change your environment. It's not always that you're just responsible for being stuck somewhere, but rather maybe you're in an environment that you've never questioned before and you've never realized you can exit or change. Uh, But I just want to start back at the beginning of the episode when... Ben said, you're only as sick as your secrets. And that comes from Joe Polish, the founder of Genius Network. Uh, That's where I met Ben years ago in his mastermind group. And, you know, obviously it was friendship at first sight. And this really makes me think deeply about the secrets that we hold inside of ourselves and the stress that those secrets can put on our bodies. In fact... Some secrets are so deep that often our unconscious hasn't even released it into our mind in a way where we don't even realize that there's a secret or a trauma or something that's happened to us. It hasn't even come into our consciousness for us to realize how much pain it's causing. So I just want to ask you now before I even dive into more thoughts on this episode is where are you holding secrets in your life? Uh, It could be a secret as light as, you know, being true, truthful with yourself and taking a look at the fact that you are in a job you don't love or in a relationship that you need to leave. Or perhaps it's just being honest with yourself about how you've behaved in a situation. And maybe when you really take a look at it, you realize that you owe someone an apology uh, and it doesn't feel right how you handled it, whatever it is. I really love Joe Polish's words, you're only as sick as your secrets, and I've made an extraordinary effort not to have secrets because they do make me feel sick. Um, So where are you in avoidance in your life? Where are you holding secrets? Where are you withholding from people? And more importantly, why? What is the story you're telling yourself that's keeping you from just being honest and just making a change? Is it fear of the unknown? Is it fear that you are going to cause a huge uh, inconvenience or reap havoc in your life in some way. Um, that awareness I think would just be really, really key to keep yourself from being sick from all of these secrets. Uh, and moving into confidence, He was talking about how successful behavior creates confidence. And I totally get it because, I mean, think about it. It's usually the hardest, let's say, if we're trying to go on a diet to actually get in gear and commit to the diet. But after we see that first or second pound fall off or we lose inches or we see results from the gym, we get a lot more inspiration to keep doing that successful behavior. So with that comes confidence we can do it and inspiration to do it because it feels good. And... This reminds me a lot of my private coaching practice. A lot of the times, just working with one-on-one clients, there's so many people who really buy into the idea that if they reach whatever goal they've come in to work on with me, whether it's hitting the six-figure mark in their first year as an entrepreneur, or reaching or scaling past seven figures through my support, or figuring out what they want to do, a lot of them think that... If they reach that goal, they're going to be happy. But what I've continued to sh- to share with them is that happiness does not come from reaching your goals. Where happiness comes from is making progress towards your goals. And, I mean, think about it. Do you ever feel as excited when you reach your, you know, weight loss goal or when you get that job or when you get that relationship Um, As you do when you're progressing towards it, when you get that interview, when you get that job offer, when you uh, realize that it's the right person you're with and you realize you need to have a conversation, that progress, it's what's so powerful and what keeps us feeling alive. And without that, with the goal itself, if we just hit our goals without that experience of progress, we're missing out on a lot of happiness. and. This reminds me of something that Tony Robbins speaks about a lot. He talks about a dynamic of four things. And if you have a pen, I think it would be really magic to write it down. I've written it down many times, which is four things. There's your belief, and it's in this order. Belief, number one. Your potential, number two. Your action, number three. And your results are number four. Belief, potential, action, results. And here's how it looks. If you have a low-level belief, so let's say you're on the job hunt right now and you think in your head, even though consciously you're telling the world, I'm going to go get a new job. If your belief is, I'm not smart enough to get that job, then you are going to activate number two, potential. You're going to activate a low-level of potential because you're in a low-level belief. And once you activate a low-level of potential, you're going to move into number three, action. You're going to take a low-level action, And then, of course, you're going to get low-level results, which is number four, your results. And that fuels your belief in the first place that you weren't smart enough to get that job or that something couldn't happen for you. So that's how it usually works. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It really looks like a circle where it starts with your belief. So let's say you believe that anything is possible for you. That's gonna activate a huge level of potential for you to take action. And you're gonna take really big action because why wouldn't you if you think something is totally possible for you? And that is gonna turn into really incredible results. And it is gonna fuel and empower and solidify that original belief you had that something is possible for you or that expansiveness that you feel. So really, really powerful. And it just gets me thinking a lot about what Ben talked about, where um, there's a lot of research saying that our personality is not fixed. And while it is true that most of our belief system about the world has been set, and scientists are finding by age seven, or if not sooner, I think it's around 84% of your personality and your belief system is set, Um, Ben, Ben has also presented some great research that even if it's set, you can do deep transformational work. You can do personal development to radically transform your personality. And one thing that really sticks out to me with this is that there is no desire that I've seen more powerfully in my private coaching practice in having a program that I've scaled into 30 countries with 7,000 customers, my job hunting course, which is now called the job offer Academy. One thing I'm finding is that there's nothing more powerful I see in another person than their own commitment to self-identify. And I think the reason and what I mean by this is um, they are, everybody has an identity identity they hold for themselves so maybe you think you're the funny person or you're the slick person or you're the person that has money or you're the person that's really successful and capable whatever it is you're holding on to an identity about yourself and there's a level of safety I think we all feel from being able to hold on to that identity and so what's really really powerful is being able to realize that number one you are keeping yourself in the perception of, of you think you're Safe by holding on to this um, identity. And a lot of us, it's very unconscious. We don't even realize that we're doing it. Uh, But if you really want to be powerful, question the identity you hold for yourself because there's so much more to you than that identity. And in a lot of ways, when we look at our personality or our identity that we hold for ourselves, we make excuses and we opt out of things because we say, well, we throw our hands up, we say, well that's just me. Or maybe we look at a friend and they, they have a lot of misbehaving um you know things that are happening with you. And you look at them and you say, well that's just Joe, you know, but really, no, Joe's just really committed to that identity and you're really committed to accepting that. But our personalities are fixed. We can change them. And you just have to know that if you want to change something in your personality, there is nothing more strong than the gravitational pull of the universe to keep you in your comfort zone. But if you are willing to take a look at your beliefs, activate new potential, activate new action, activate new results, it all starts with taking a look at your personality, taking a look at the secrets you're holding. What are the beliefs that are keeping you in those secrets? And then taking a look at your environment, is it helping or is it hurting? What is your environment in your love life? What is your environment with your friendships? What is your environment in your work life? So without sending you into a complete (laughs) existential crisis like some of these questions might send me, I just want to leave you at that and really hope that you think about all of these things. It's such an honor to be here with you and such a gift to spend time with friends like Ben Hardy because – you know, when you're friends with smart people like Ben, you you don't really, um, you know, when we're shooting the shit, I don't really ask him about what he thinks about environments and transforming your personality and whether it's fixed or not, we're just hanging out. So what a beautiful opportunity that being here with you has been for me to be able to ask these deeper questions to friendships I have in my life and experts all around the world. And so again, this is Ashley Stahl signing off. I can't wait to connect with you in next week's episode. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn podcast. You can find all of the resources that our guest mentioned on our show notes at U-Turnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast dot com. Also, don't forget on the website, we've got our four free e-courses, whether you want to land a new job you love, get clarity on the best career path for you, launch your dream business or deepen your romantic relationships. I'll talk to you soon. Can't wait to connect on next week's episode.
2: This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network.